Well, I feel like the greatest things in life are the most terrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if you're not scared when you're doing it, like, are you really living? You know, and like, that's I agree. Not, no, yeah. I agree. But you just can't let the fear take over. You got to no. lead with love. But yeah. it's like. But I feel like that's just the test. Life is all about relationships. Lovers, family, body, or money. How satisfied you are can be completely explained by how you relate to things around you. This is Sophie Jaffe, and together with my husband, Dr. D. Jaffe, we are here to explore and teach you how to maximize your relationships and achieve a happier life. Let's get ignited. Welcome, welcome to our home, beautiful Caitlin Carehart. I'm so happy to have you here in the flesh to record this podcast we've been talking about for a small fortune of years. <laughs> I think we brought it up in 2020 and then all the COVID stuff happened and everything was just kind of like free falling. So, and you were here last week and we were just chatting in my living room and just mm -hmm. saying like the like divine timing of it all. And that we're both in a place where we've been like purging relationships that didn't yeah. serve us. And so it's like, we now have the space for each other as much as we were like, Hey, I yeah. see you over there doing awesome stuff in the world. Would love to connect in the flesh. It was like, had yeah. to be the right timing, which is so much of life. Oh my God. Yes. Well, also what's interesting just from a numerological perspective is that this year is the year of love and relationships. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of people online who are like, oh my God, this is the divine union year and twin flames are coming together. And, you know, like I'm a Taurus rising Virgo sun. So I'm pretty practical actually, despite the fact that what I do is kind of woo woo. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But the shifts that I have seen in relationships mm. this year are unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, mm. even if you're not going through an actual relationship year, it's been intense. Cause I mean, I'm always getting messages from people online of, Oh my God, like this friendship breakup, this romantic break. I mean, you've, you guys even said it last time I was here, the shifts have been really dramatic. Yeah. And they're not, when I first heard you saying shifts, I think always, maybe it's like the, it's obviously a bias, but it's like, I think of good stuff, like people meeting new yeah, people. Yeah, that's happening or committing, too. But we've been seeing a lot of breaking up and either near destruction, but massive, almost like tectonic mm -hmm. earthquakes in relationships, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I have actually seen a lot of, it's interesting because I've seen mostly that, but then I've also seen a lot of people come together where it's like, one of my clients went through a horrible breakup and I was like, look girl, I don't mean to be like this, but I, I think you're going to meet someone like soon. And she's like, no way I'm going through this breakup. And she did meet a guy and within five weeks there or five months, they're pregnant and engaged coming together. Like I've seen a lot of that where people just like met someone and they're like, I just know. Mm -hmm. And boom, they're together and they're like living together, engaged, you know, a lot of people, you know, having kids, getting pregnant right now which yeah. I think it's also the post-pandemic like I'm sure it is in the stars as well but I feel like it's yeah. post-pandemic like an energy of life is too short oh totally and let's do this and let's not mess around mm -hmm. if it feels like the right fit let's go we have no time to waste so that's kind of yeah. the energy that I'm in right now is just like mm. Let's go. Like, let's end those friendships that don't feel aligned once and for all. Let's walk away from anything not serving us. 
I don't want to do things that don't bring me joy. I mean, obviously there's some like quote obligations and things in life that we can't avoid and that's fine. I'll make them as joyful as I possibly can. However, we have a choice. Like we're, we're privileged. We're, we're lucky. We live in this beautiful city. We have all these amazing connections. The sun is almost always shining in Los Angeles. Like we all have a choice where we live, who we spend time with, the relationships. And again, that post pandemic energy of like now or never. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's so interesting because I wasn't here the past two years. I kind of got stuck in North Carolina, long story. And it's been so interesting being back because it almost like I felt like I lost two years, even though so much happened. It was like all of us, I feel like a lot of people I've talked to feel the same way where they're like, oh my God, I have to catch up now, you know? Well, you know, I think for me, if, if I look at my life a long time ago, I had a lot of acquaintances and friends, like being social, going out, hanging out with people. Like I remember in college, you know, we'd all sit around, we had like a smoke circle, we'd sit around, smoke cigarettes, like, (laughs) and all hang out. And then we'd all go party together or every weekend we were all spending like all of our times together. And that was the way I lived. And I think that was probably the way I lived since junior high, high school was right. Mm -hmm. That large friend circle where you're constantly spending time together. But as my life kept kind of getting more and more, um, I guess, defined by that, I ended up constantly partying with those people. And then all I was really doing was partying with those people. And next thing you know, all I was doing was partying with a smaller circle who was kind of as committed to, you know what, we're just going to have fun. What we probably would have called joy and enjoyment and freedom in the beginning anyway, Mm -hmm. as much as we can. And it really wasn't until it all collapsed that I had to start thinking for the first time ever in my life, well, who do I actually want in my life? And at the time, I almost had to start from scratch because mm. everybody I knew, the, the friends that would have been good, solid friends to keep were long gone, yeah. right? I've been doing that. I've been living that life for six, seven years. So the, the wow. quote unquote good people, they were gone. Um, and I could have r- tried to reestablish those friendships, but honestly, you know, it was post-college. So most of the people literally had left LA. They were not here anymore. So I had to start looking very specifically at the people I knew. Sophie knows some of them, like two that were left from that old life. Mm. Um, And I just had to start again. And so for me, and Sophie knows this, I don't, in my relationships, Sophie always looks at it like, um, I think you would say it's like a, a, a problem, an issue, that I don't have as many friends as I do. But I have zero interest in letting somebody be part of my life unless they make it better somehow and and i'm really there's no room for compromise for me like there's no Mm. people know this but like if you're the kind of person who likes talking shit about people i will never call you right if you're the kind of person who um who just needs to kind of have their ego stroked because you feel really shitty about yourself and you hope that i will just feed it I don't, I really don't have time for it. I'm there for people's issues and problems. When when people really struggle, we will sit for three hours on a couch and talk and try to solve it. Mm -hmm. But I want, I want people who bring light on their own and are passionate or either about life or about what it is that they're doing in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it wasn't until you guys were talking that I was thinking about like, why is that though? And then I remember a time in my life where none of that was true. Mm -hmm. And, if, if you were down to hang, then it, we were cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny now to think about it. That's not even close to enough. No. And we talked about this last week too. Yeah. I was just like, 
Mm. Now I'm so clear on, and Adi and I are just very different people in general when it comes to intimacy, but I now have gotten to a place finally where I'm so discerning with mm-hmm. who I spend time with and I'd rather just be alone if it's not the highest vibration. Mm-hmm. And it does sound woo-woo to say that, but I it, I can't think of any other way to describe it. Like it is about the vibration. I put off a very high vibration and I work hard and I've worked hard my whole life to keep being that authentic version of me, that genuine version. Like most of the friends in my life from college, from any time of my life, I approach them with my genuine, just like no games, like, hey, do you want to be friends in one way or another? I realized that at my birthday when we were all talking about like, how did you meet Sophie? And everyone was sharing their stories. Like I, I approach people and I'll just like, want to be friends. And that's yeah. such, it takes such a, like a humble, genuine, like uh, it's vulnerable. Right. And I don't ever want to stop being that, but I have to continue to be around people that meet me halfway. Yeah. And, and I, it's also interesting. Like I agree with everything you guys are saying. I'm the same way. It's like, especially being back in LA, it takes like an hour to get anywhere because of traffic. So I'm like, listen, if you're not like soul family, like I, I can't make this yeah. drive because I'd rather be at home. Um, you know, working, working on, on your myself own or exactly. Yeah. But also what's interesting between just like your guys, different perspectives is, you know, a lot of my male clients, are more like lone wolves Mm. and they're very much like dedicated to their purpose and their passion and they don't really feel like they need that like social aspect where most females I know like we need our girlfriends we need them or else we go crazy cathartic yeah Yeah. exactly so I actually think like you guys are made up differently yeah but I also think like you're both embodying you know like this masculine feminine perspective um in like the most aligned way, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, and like even my dad is very much like that. He's very lone wolf. He always talks about that. My Because my mom's the same, like, why don't you have more friends? He's like, I'm dedicated to like my business and my family, and that's enough. For women though, we need a lot of social stimulation. We just do. Yeah, it wasn't until the last few years that I realized I do need those, the small handful of guys yeah. that I can turn to and you know, in many ways, I do think you're strengthened by the bonds yeah. you have, right? I mean, in almost like a literal sense, right? Like I'm putting my hand out. And it's like if you have four, five fingers, six fingers kind of that emanate from your center, your core, mm-hmm. it's just then I'm really relying on you to yeah. strengthen my core. And I don't mean that. Some people might hear this as like I'm looking for people that can make my life better. It's like they can give me something tangible, No, it's just that deeper connection as opposed to something that's a little more frivolous, right? And I think, I don't know about you guys, but like the older that I get, the more I'm like, I don't need, you know, same when I was at uni, at university, um, I had so many friends and I still have a lot of friends, but I really only need like a hand, like a solid couple, you know, like I don't feel like I need like so much. So maybe that's kind of. And so if you also like, yeah, historically you have three or four core friends right and then there's the big circle around it but and you may talk to even the people who are not in the core circle three four times a week but it's like you can count on one hand your core deep friendships yeah 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 I think um for me when my parents divorced when I was young I was eight my girlfriends became my sisters yeah and that was how I coped with 
moving from place to place every year. Mm -hmm. I moved different school every year from when I was eight (laughs) till I, I mean, I just kept moving. We just kept moving schools, new friends. So the sisters that I had in my life were my family and they were the ones I could count on because it was so inconsistent and so ungrounded with my mom and my dad. I didn't know what I could count on. I, I didn't feel consistent. My girlfriends were my consistency. And then later when I went through a really hard breakup with my high school boyfriend and like a lot of abuse and crazy stuff, my girlfriends were there for me. They were the ones that picked me up off the ground, not my parents, not my family, quote unquote. It was my sisters. When my when Adi and I went through our crazy cheating when I was 20, basically 20 on and off till 25 in different iterations. My God, my, you were so young. Yeah, it's a baby. Wow. And my girlfriends were the ones that sat on the phone with me for three, four hours at a time yeah. while we processed and we dealt. So we're just different. And I need on a core level from my childhood all the way to now, I need those intimate friendships, Mm -hmm. people that I can really drop in with and be my most authentic self and will call me out and be vulnerable and be like, hey, you're acting out of integrity. Don't be like that with a D. Don't da da da. Like you're better than that. Like I need people in my life who will hold my hand through it all Mm -hmm. because I'm like that and I genuinely want to be that for other people. I love that level of intimacy. Adi just doesn't have the time or energy and nor does he have that intimacy desire and he's kind of maxed out with me and the kids. Like, I'm enough. (laughs) (laughs) But also I feel like there's so much like conditioning in our society where it's like we're taught as little girls that like, you know, go talk to your girlfriends, talk whatever. And little boys are taught like stuff it down. Don't talk about your emotions. That's not cool. I feel that you've been processing with your girlfriends since you were, you know, like eight. But like as a man, like I doubt you were you know, on the playground, like I'm feeling sad about my home life right now. What do you mean? That's all we talked about. <laughs> no, nobody talked about feelings when I grew up. I mean, not in my family and none of my friends yeah. for sure. And you grew up in Israel, right? Yeah. 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 A lot of my Israeli front. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's a lot tougher than here. I feel. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do the military service there. And I have a sense that that probably takes things up another notch. Oh, wow. Yes. And there's this camaraderie with the military. So also you would have had like, you didn't have those opportunities. You didn't play on team sports. You didn't like, you weren't a guy's guy. You were a girl's guy. You have a sister and a mom. You then were a psych major in college. Like you were surrounded by women. That's what you knew. Yeah. Just to be clear in Israel, when I was living there, the, yes, I was uh, raised by my mom and my sister was home and my dad was gone. So like what I saw was that, but it was all guys hanging out until like the end of junior high, which is when I actually left. But regardless, I'm saying there's Israel has this, um, Israelis in general have this kind of like um, rough edge mm-hmm. that I think just comes along with the territory for most of us. Uh, yeah, the prickly pear. Um, I have a question mm-hmm. because I know that you've gotten really involved in numerology and, mm-hmm. and, and that world. And <laughs> I've gotten involved. <laughs> I love how you... <laughs> it actually was not a choice. Like if you had told me like a decade ago that I was going to be a numerologist professionally, I would have been like, no fucking way. There's n- And even before my book came out, I had a complete actual like mental breakdown of like absolute fear of I cannot step out as this because I was so worried. Like what will people think of me as a numerologist, like people are going to think I'm some crazy, you know, woo woo psychopath. You know what I mean? I just, I'm sure maybe you felt that way. Even when you came forward with your work, you're like, what will people think? Like, um, I, I probably, by the time I came out with it, I didn't really feel like I had a choice either. Yeah. Like it was just, 
if I wasn't going to do this, I was just going to be miserable for the rest of my life. Wow. So it probably didn't feel that way by that point, but it definitely went against the grain in terms of what I was expected to do, right? Mm. Like I got my PhD, I was on my way to be a professor, I was applying to jobs, and that was definitely the route I was supposed to take. Um, and I tell people all the time, I, I got hit with this knowledge that I can't waste is how it felt and not mm-hmm. let other people waste their lives in doing this. I, I would have felt like my life was a waste if I didn't go out and apply what I knew. Yeah. And if I just kept studying and researching and writing about it. And it just it was a very visceral thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, like like you mentioned, it didn't really feel like a choice. Yeah. Um, the reason I ask, and maybe actually it's a good parallel. So I'm in the addiction space. And in mm-hmm. the addiction space, there are a lot of givens, like knowns. And obviously, a lot of what I do every day is to let people know, like, all that stuff that's known is bullshit. So yeah. it might be Agreed. right for some people, but it doesn't have to be right for you at all. So just let it go and move forward from a completely different mindset, which is you may actually be capable of, or you may be destined for, or you may be able to live a life that you can't imagine under those constraints you have to let those constraints go you've got to put the yes. once an addict always an addict bullshit oh my god right? i appreciate your work so much like side note because um i was in rehab when i was 15 um i spent my 16th birthday there oh awesome. and yeah so i was there for a couple months and I was the only underage person there, so I was there with mostly like 30s and um, some late 20s. Which, by the way, says a lot about the rehab you went to because they shouldn't, that, those should be two completely different yeah. programs. Yeah, well, I actually had my own like room. Like it was like a small, nice center, but like no one was allowed to like, like I had my own room because I was underage. Yeah. But, you know, we had like five hours of group therapy a day. It was really intense and... Um, I was actually there for an eating disorder, but a lot of the people who were there um, were recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. So that was mostly what was talked about. And I feel that like some of the, you know, things become mantras in our minds and our subconscious. So when you're saying I'm an addict, you know, once an addict, always an addict, then it's almost like you feel this shame. Like you can never move on from this thing. You definitely feel shame because obviously there's a lot of stigma attached to being uh, somebody who struggles with addiction. And even beyond that, you continue, I mean, imagine like I practice positive affirmations and gratitude every day. Why do I do that? Because I need to remind myself and remember what is good and what is precious and what I should be grateful Mm -hmm. for in my life and what is good about me too because my voice in my head will constantly tell me what isn't so yeah Virgo (laughs) so that's why I practice yeah what does the practice of reminding yourselves every day of the mistakes of the past do for you other than anchor you in the past no I agree and I think I think for me again it is different like the eating disorder versus like alcohol but you know addiction runs in both sides of my family so I'm really familiar with it um and again just being in rehab at such a young age really gave me a different perspective but it's I think real power comes from a place of neutrality Mm. where then it doesn't have power over you. And for me, I felt so much shame around having an eating disorder. And like I had to miss a big chunk of high school. And, you know, a lot of people knew I I was having a hard time. It was obvious. You know, I think for me, it really set me free when I started to be like, this isn't going to define me. And so that's why I'm like such a fan of your work. And I've recommended so many people Mm. to you because you're not someone who lets that define you you know? Yeah. And by the way, I always say I, I could be wrong about everything I'm saying right now. 
right? I have to keep an open mind and just stay open to the possibility that I will discover a new perspective mm-hmm. next month, next year, a decade from now. Um, the only thing that I'm, I kind of stake my claim on is we cannot let sort of bondage in the past define us because exactly to me that is the epitome of hell right it's kind of like you okay so why are you why am i even doing this work why am i trying to self-improve if i'm always mm. going to be suffering and struggling um i think i think there's a, a lot lost in in that and now there's a bunch of research that has come out and said like just literally using those words keeps people stuck yes. keeps them from not seeking help and all that stuff it's so true the reason i wanted to bring it up is mm-hmm. i when you were saying kind of you know was I feeling like I was going against the grain? Yes, and I knew I had to do it. And for a while, it took me like four or five years probably to develop thick enough skin to not care about what other people said. But mm-hmm. you were saying that when this when this numerology Numer- stuff yeah. kind of started <laughs> oh, hitting you, you, you had a lot of fear around it. I was petrified before my book came out because, you know, it's crazy. I just became obsessed with numerology. It came to me in a dream mm-hmm. randomly. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and started being like spiritual numbers. Cause I, I heard this message in a dream that said, follow the numbers. And I know it sounds like I made it up. It's crazy, but that's really what happened. And I ended up studying with this woman who taught me numerology and it just became my hobby. You know, I was at the time working as a musician. I was signed, I was, you know, going that route. And I was just obsessed for years. I would just do everyone's numbers. It was like my little party thing. And um, then people started offering to pay me and I'm like, oh my God, you're going to pay me? Like, I literally felt like I was robbing people. Mm. You know, I was like, it didn't even occur to me that that could be a career, especially because even just a couple of years ago, like astrology, numerology wasn't like around. And then I had built the successful business behind the scenes. I had no website. I had no Instagram talking about it, but I had so many clients. And then Penguin Random House heard of me, offered me a book deal. And I'm like, well, this will be great. You know, I could like, get my own apartment in New York. I could like fund my own music and not sign to a label where they own, you know, all of my masters and pub. And so I was like, sure, not thinking anything about it. I didn't think anyone would read it um, at all. And then the day before it came out, I had a full on like actual panic attack to like step out as a numerologist. I was really scared, but I was contractually obligated. You know, like for you, you were like, I had to because it was my soul's calling. For me, I was like, Honestly, if I wasn't in that contract, I probably would have been like, fuck it. Like, it's not, I'm not putting the book out. It's Mm. just not for me, you know, because I was really scared to be seen as that person. What were you imagining could happen? I guess like there are certain like archetypes in the spiritual community. I mean, you guys know you live in LA. There are some people who are like way off their rocker with this stuff and you know, like I am really practical. So like I can look at things and like, I I know what people think when they're like, Oh really? Like this is going to tell me about myself. And I think I had those voices in my head of like, people are going to think I'm actually crazy. Like I was scared that people would think I was insane or that I was one of these really ungrounded spiritual people when really like numerology was just the gateway to love and accept myself. You know, Mm. like I've had a lot of challenging experiences in my life and you know like rehab being one and I've always been really hard on myself and numerology was the first thing because astrology didn't resonate with me for years it does now but you know numerology was the first thing where I was like 
oh my God, this explains me perfectly. This explains like my life experiences. Like I, I get who I am. And if I lean into that, what will happen? And that's when my life changed, you know, like when I really started living by my cycles, like I had a horrible rock bottom and I was actually homeless for a bit. And I went from being homeless to a best-selling author with like a thriving business in like two years from following my cycles, you know? So it's like, I have no choice but to believe in it, but I know it sounds crazy. You know, it's so funny that you even ended with that again, right? It's like, to me, the reason I'm, I'm so like stuck on understanding this first before we move further yeah, into yeah. the actual numerology is there are probably a lot of people listening right now mm-hmm. who are living a life that doesn't fulfill them. Mm-hmm. And it's always scary as hell to stop what you're doing and turn around and go do something else. Oh, yeah. Some of us feel driven and we hit something. We have an experience or for me, it was like when I learned that 90% of people don't get addiction help. I was like, what the fuck am I doing studying addiction help then? If nobody's really? going to go get it, I got to go out and help more people get That's help. That's shocking to yeah. me. It's wow. Like, that, oh I was my like, God. I was like, wait, why am I going to study? Well, I'm going to study this for 40 years and nobody's going to get any help. This is ridiculous. I think it's changing though. I think like even the conversation of mental health is 100%. so in the forefront of our society now and it didn't used to be. 100%. And I think COVID also oh, yeah. cha- sped us up. So that was the thing that did it for me. And it felt, but a lot of people, it's, it is scary. So I like this narrative or this, this experience that you're sharing, which is, I started this thing off. It just started as a thing I did on the side and then it became bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden there was this inflection point where Mm -hmm. I had to make a choice and it wasn't a choice I liked. (laughs) I kind of had to do it. And in order to get to that place, I actually had to have some suffering, what you're calling a bottom. Yeah. We only know bottom was a bottom a year or two later when we're on top. Exactly. Well, also like when you understand like, you know, alchemy, you know, like when you go to those depths and you go to that bottom, there's nowhere to go but top, you know? Other than being homeless or or not having a, I assume what you mean is like, you literally didn't have your own place. Yeah, so I had been living with an ex. Um, It was an abusive situation. Like I know Sophie's been through things like that and um, we had a company together and I had to leave that situation and I had no money because it was tied to the company and him and it's a really long story of what happened. but I ended up not having an own, my own place. I had no income at the time. like, And I had to stop numerology readings for a bit at that time just because I was dealing with my own mental health stuff. And I was really shook. Um, and so for a year, I didn't have my own place. I couldn't even afford my own place. Yeah. And people just like took me in. But there were like days where I remember sitting in New York City, like literally crying, being like, I don't have a place to stay tonight. And like, I was like sitting like, please universe. Like, <laughs> and actually someone did call me and I was like, can I come stay at your place? They like literally called me to hang out that night. I was like, can I just sleep at yours? And they were like, okay. Yeah. You know, but I was really lucky that community did rise up, but as a Taurus rising Virgo son, to not have my own home was like traumatic. Yeah, I went through a couple of weeks of that. It's not fun. I had a yeah. car. I had a car to sleep in, but it was not. It was not a good scene. Yeah. Oh my God, the car sleeping. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, I was also thinking about a couple of things that you both are saying, like a D earlier with the addiction stuff. One of the things that I think is so powerful that he does is that whole. Yes, shame. Definitely shame is a huge part to it about your past, about anything, anything shameful. That seems to be, I mean, you did a TED talk about this. 
I mean, technically, that wasn't what I thought the TED Talk was going to be about, which is funny. <laughs> it's just the fuck shame sentence is the thing everybody remembers. And I had a really hard time getting it out because it was a TED Talk and I didn't know if I'm supposed to swear on stage. Um, you know, but the talk was about labels and like, yeah. don't define me mm. by any label, right? Because when you look at me and I, I now play this game with people, if you look at me, you have some words you would use to describe me, but they're probably not like ex-con drug dealer you know, yeah, whatever. people probably see you as just like the perfect family, oh, yeah. like a good, you know, family man. I or think. like, LOL, when babysitters first come and work with us, they're like, you just have the perfect family. Like, oh, honey, like in a few <laughs> months, I'll tell you all the secrets. Like the or opposite the of podcast. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't listen yet. But, but that's what I, I love about. We don't want to scare you a lot. That's what off. I love about you guys, though. It's like, I really feel like most of the issues in the world are like, not communicating and it's like I always say I'd rather overly communicate and be radically transparent than to just like not and it's like important that you guys do that because people do see you as like oh look at this beautiful family Mm -hmm. they live in LA they have a nice home but like no one is free of struggles no one is free of struggles and part of why we're so happy is because of the struggles we went through and the work we've done every day since then and we continuously keep showing up to each other. And it's not easy. Every day we have to pick each other again. Have you been going to couples therapy for years, but nothing has changed? Do you feel sick sometimes of that awkward phase with a therapist where you constantly have to rehash your story? Do you sometimes feel like, when's the good stuff? When are we going to get happy again? So many of our clients feel like this, especially as we emerge from the pandemic. Fighting a lot, can't communicate effectively, intimacy feels uncomfortable, maybe not having enough sex, and have grown in different directions. Well, we're here to help because we're gearing up for part two of our Manifest Your Perfect Relationship series. Learn the ways to get to know each other better, to truly connect to the person you love, and stop fighting against the unknown parts of yourself and your loved one. We're giving you a shortcut. Over a decade's worth of lessons that we've learned all in one day. We'll teach you what brought us to actually change and grow together. Join us in Malibu June 25th for an all-day event with workshops with Sophie and I, elevated lunch and snacks, and a conscious happy hour with mocktails and rosé. It really will change your relationship and your entire life. There are limited spots and they're an early bird right now, so go get your tickets at ignitedrecovery.com slash manifest. That's I-G-N-T-D recovery.com forward slash manifest can't wait to see you is this my dude but I today love how real yes. that is because yeah. so many people are like oh my god i just fell in love with my twin flame and love is the easiest thing in the world yeah. but it's like at a certain point i really do think relationships are just about commitment yes. like you wake up and you're like this is my person today yes. this is my person yes. we've literally had people on this podcast i will not use names but we had people on this podcast early in their relationship sharing about perfection oh my god and i've literally i've looked at sophie at the end of the interviews and i was like if this is gonna let's see if this lasts six months nine months and it's look no offense to anybody no judgment right we were in that honeymoon place three six eight months into our relationship and then almost fell apart a year into it so it's like longevity is difficult with anything um well that's what i was gonna say is so so I just saw a place where you both were talking about a very similar thing where a D you were talking about shame and like the past and not living in this past identity. I love that he like doesn't make people in the beginning of his meetings be like, hi, I'm Joe. I'm a Mm. motherfucking addict. Like 
No, you're not an addict. That's in this moment. Yeah, exactly. Just as I choose him every morning, you get to choose who the f you are every single day. Yeah, you don't have to be an addict today. Mm. Make different choices. Now you're different. Exactly. Why are we defining ourselves off this choice that I made for a point in time, even if it was 25 years? You don't have to be that today. Mm -hmm. Show up differently today. It's your energy today, you know. And that's what I love about what he does. Is it's like it's you're not identifying with this weight of with this persona of an addict right mm -hmm. and then for you what I heard was that you're it was really the thoughts in your head of the labels of yeah. what people would think right yeah so it's a very similar parallel of like it was really everything you said was like blah 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 my own thoughts yeah of exactly. what will people think yeah Right? Because I'm so hard on myself. That's what I oh, heard. Oh, yeah. That's I'm what I heard. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's like historically, well, <laughs> again, that Virgo-ness. I can be really hard on myself. But it's, um, yeah, I think it's because it's so weird. Like, I... Obviously, I love all the mystical tools. That That's just like the language I love to speak. But it's it didn't feel like a, a conscious decision. It came so organically. Mm. So organically. I, it's like it really blows my mind that I'm in the place that I'm in. But that comes back to trust. Yeah. That came back to you being like, look, I had this dream. Yeah. I had this visual. I'm following it. Mm -hmm. It is just kind of happening over the yeah. last two years. But you know what it's really taught me that I, that I love actually, because I was just with Shaman Durk and we were talking about, because I have these like kind of two careers and like, why does this happen in this one? And you know, and it's like, I, with numerology, I just followed what lit me up. I was just like, I fucking love this. Like, mm -hmm. this makes the world make sense. Numbers make sense to me. Like, everyone's charts that I do, it's completely accurate. How is this possible? And it was just fun. Like, mm -hmm. I just had fun doing mm -hmm. it. And again, I didn't even know that a career was possible. I never even thought about being an author. Mm -hmm. Never thought about any of these things. And it all just happened. And it's because I followed something that I liked, but there were no expectations and no attachments to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, I need to show up like that in all areas of my life. Yes. You know, even relationships mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, like I love this person. I'm going to show up every day and I'm not going to like, of course there are some expectations you have to have like as a partnership, but you know, it's like releasing these like attachments you're throwing onto things that like, are maybe blocking it. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, I see that very clearly. I have a lot of like friends or acquaintances that'll come to me like that want to maybe have a baby, for example. Mm -hmm. And they come to me and they're like, yeah, and they'll present all the blocks. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm the worst person to come. You know why you're coming to me. Yeah. I will tell for you everything <laughs> opposite. Because I'm so liberated by having kids. I have, I live the life of my dreams with kids by my side. That was my mm. choice. Yeah. It's a choice how you see it. If you see it as like, this is going to block me from having a great relationship with my husband and feeling sexy and I'm going to this and I'm going to that and my house then is going to be... Yeah, then that manifests. Yeah. If those are your fears and that's your expectation, that's exactly what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. If you, in partnership, think like, oh, well, now I'm... What's the, what do people always say when you get into a relationship? Like... Um, Oh, what's the thing that everyone says? It's like God, settling. Oh my God. Settling. If people, if you feel like you're settling in any area of your life, run. Hold like, on. They're settling and they're settling down. Yeah. They're settling. Like. That is but the exact conversation even, I had with one of my best friends yeah. who over and over again, like was trying different relationships. And she'd be like, I just, 
I don't know. I'm like scared to settle. I'm like, settle what? What do you mean? You mean like make a decision? Yeah. (laughs) Make a decision and stick to it and be committed. That's what's scaring you. Not, you're not settling. You're not like picking a worse thing than being free. Mm. If you want to be free, make the choice to be free. But you know, some, sometimes I think the right partnership does make you feel free. I, I do. Like I've had that experience only once, like, but a lot of relationships I've, I've been in. And I think it's cause I, I watched my parents and I watched my parents relationship and I thought, well, that looks terrible. Like mm-hmm. I, that looks like, well, a that prison. was the expectation is that right? like, if I get married, that's what it's going to look yes. like. Yes. But then you get to design you get it to and it's like, and design. Yes. Yeah. yes. The right partner should like lift you up to feel free, you know? It doesn't mean it's always easy, though. No. Right? So, like, I don't think anything in life's easy. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, th- <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. that's like because I think if people feel like they're having a really tough time right now, so if you use that quote from Marianne Williamson, right, that every relationship in your life is there to teach you the, the the lesson, right? And it's like um, Sophie and I have taught each other lessons. Mm. Normally, we're not the best people to actually teach the other person the lesson. It's more like. We're a mirror that shows you that there's yes. something going on well, and somebody both, else will teach. Yeah, you're both master numbers. Sorry to like bring it back to numerology here. But um, yeah, I mean, like you are the master teachers on the planet. And like master numbers are incredibly rare. I mean, the numerology basically deals with single digits one through nine because that's the purest form of energy. And then there are three master numbers, 11, 22, 33. And Sophie's an 11, which is the psychic. And also partnership is like very much tied to your destiny. And then you're 22, which is the most powerful number in numerology. And it's the master builder. So Mm. you guys coming together is so powerful on so many levels. And again, you're master teachers. And I said this to Sophie last time I was here. Master numbers have, they come into this world with a considerably larger ego than the other numbers Mm. that they then have to break down through extraordinary experiences And it's not to punish you. It's so that you gain enough wisdom through experience that you can then share with humanity because master numbers are here to shift the entire consciousness. So that's why you guys are both like so Mm. forward thinking, so different. I mean, I have listened to your podcast before. Like I know Sophie, she shared things about your relationship and it's like, you guys are so honest about it. And you guys have been through so much together as a couple. And it's like, Again, I think a lot of that was you guys are master teachers to everybody, but also to each other. I love, I didn't hear that detail last time about the the kind of tests or the, yeah. the ways to break down the ego. And I was actually just having this thought today. I'm reading this book um, and it's like the seven habits of highly effective people. Or the, mm-hmm. um, it's a, a, a classic sort of like management book or whatever. And it's funny because the first couple of habits that he talks about are things that I actually feel like finally, I wouldn't have said this a decade ago, but finally I feel like I've really, really mastered almost already mm. as I'm reading the book. But I was thinking to myself, kind of sitting there and looking at the trajectory of my life, and a lot of the same principles that I live by and guide me were still there when I was young. Mm. Like I hated bullies. I wanted equity and justice for everybody. I really wanted to feel like the people I was with were making the life of the people around us better. Like all those things were there, but very egocentric. Yes. Very much like yes. 
how do I play a role in this? What do I do? How does this affect me? Yeah. And, you know, all the way to like freedom was a big principle, like a big thing, value of me for me in my life and my parents for obvious reasons because everybody's parents do this in some way sorry most people's parents probably Mm -hmm. do this in some way restricted my freedom and had control over my life and so the reason i got into drug dealing was to get away from them but Mm -hmm. again a very egocentric view of a way to get away from my parents control so that was a real battle for me always was like why am i making these really shitty choices yeah from what seems like the right values and principles and what you know getting arrested having to spend a year in jail a huge way to drop your fucking ego like yeah you, you're gonna have to figure that's out humbling you're gonna that's have to very fig- humbling yeah, yeah. Get, get naked in a room of 45 50 people you've never met in your life get thrown in the showers together and just like hold your shit in a little bag while the cops oh come to like cavity search you that will do something to your ego yeah and the rehab and all that stuff so well, a lot of experiences that drop an ego and then when I left that, I was like, oh, now I'm, when I got my master's and was mm-hmm. working my PhD, it felt elevated, but that was as good as I could get. And then when I met Sophie, there was this new lesson of like, oh, there's still these like relationships. How do you show up in relationships? And that was what mm-hmm. Sophie was really good at. And I had no real training in it. Like I said, I'd left almost all my relationships behind after drug dealing. So a ton of lessons. And as I grow up, more i'm like 45 going on 46 right now but i still feel like i'm growing up so as i'm growing up more it becomes less and less about me and what happens in my life at Mm -hmm. all and more and more about like okay how do you how do you impart like how do you bring more people along how do you impact yeah and that's really been a shift for the last i'd say like really five six seven years and it's and as it moved away again like you were talking about bottoms a lot of people don't love it because it's I think people expect a lot of old people I would say kind of had to fall by the wayside as that happened because I'm again like I was saying before I'm not here for a conversation about even us Mm -hmm. like even the three of us sitting around a table I'm Mm -hmm. interested in how does this create impact right yeah well that's also that's what you're here to do because master numbers impact humanity I mean it's actually believed that if you're a master number it is so rare um, and if you don't live up to your potential, you actually incur karmic debt and have to keep coming back. And it's because you're, you're here to shift humanity's consciousness, right? And that's not to say that the other numbers can't, but that's actually like your divine mission here. And the thing about being a master number is that you have to be an incredibly old soul. So you've been around the block a lot. So it's kind of like master numbers can kind of feel like they're like a hundred years old living on a planet of babies. Cause like, again, you've just spent all these lifetimes accruing all this wisdom and this knowledge and it's very cosmic, you know? And so for you to be like, you know, you had these high ideals and high principles as a kid, but then you were also super egocentric. Again, that goes with the fact that you came in with this wisdom, but then you had to experience in this lifetime what it was to really experience ego deaths and continuously be humbled and really kind of have your ass handed to you really and then through that but like look at all these experiences you've had that are extraordinary but look at how many people you can help now and you bring this new mindset to it and i will say you know you said you're 46 um master numbers actually are late bloomers so that's not to say that you're not like 
successful as when you're young, like Paul McCartney is a 22, so is Richard Branson. But typically, master numbers do their best work the older that they get. Mm. So both of you are master numbers. So the older that both of you are, are getting, the more rich life will become because you are meant to give your knowledge and wisdom back to humanity. Mm. It's really powerful. And actually, Noah is also a 22, just like you. Mm. Yeah. So it's so beautiful. You guys are literally on the same wavelength. I'm sure you feel like a special bond. I mean, obviously she's your daughter, so you yeah. do, but you know, you might feel like a different bond with her than the boys maybe because mm. you guys are the same life path. It's really powerful. Yeah. I can't wait for her to grow up. I'm like, I'm still wondering what she's going to be like when she, she has up. the same numbers as Gaga. Like literally she's oh. a life hat 22 and she's a destiny one. So like, what that's, is, what's that second number? We'll explain a little bit about so, it. So, okay. There's Let's the life. Let's get into some numerology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the life path is like kind of like your sun sign, right? It's like, this is who you are. This is what you're here to do. This is where you're going. And then the destiny, which is sometimes called the expression number is how you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So Noah, for example, is a 22. So she's here to be a master builder. She's here to shift humanity. She's, she's here to build something of lasting value, like something, you know, structurally again, think Richard Branson like in all his brands and everything yeah. he's done. Um, but the way she does it is through the one and the one is the leader. It's the innovator. Mm. Um, you know, like Steve jobs is a one Martin Luther King jr. Tesla. Um, this is kind of left of those names, but Gwyneth Paltrow, mm. <laughs> I love Gwyneth though. Yeah. Um, I love Goop kitchen. I mean, it would um, be hard to argue that Gwyneth didn't change. Yeah. She innovated um, her way, space. The way society looks at, she gets to talk about things. I mean, you were talking about being woo. Imagine yeah. her. Yeah. Imagine being like a world-renowned actress. Everybody yeah. knows you as that. And then you're like, we're going to talk about crystal dildos. Yes. Like imagine the fear yeah. that could have been there at some point but to say, fuck, am I going to do this? Yeah. I see that so much with ones though, where they hold these two spaces. Cause I'm a one as well. And mm. people are always like, I don't, like I have all these friends in music who are like, what the fuck are you doing with all this numerology stuff? And then I have my friends who are like spiritual and they're like, what are you doing with all this music stuff? And I'm like, why can I not be both and do both? Right. And it's like, for me, the innovation is in, in joining those things. I would argue, you know, you were talking about Steve Jobs. Like there are a small number of examples of people who were able to traverse a couple of different fields and have fucking massive impact yeah. and like the names are they're limited right like yeah the bonos of the world right they're like mm -hmm. you're talking about lady gaga you're talking about like She's people one too, yeah. people who are like madonna in her time right like people who just decided to traverse multiple fields where they became sort of masters in one field and then were able yeah. to parlay that into something completely different as mm -hmm. as a as an individual yeah um because it does. I mean, all, all the people that I just named, but the, the handful of others that exist in the world, it takes a lot of work, dedication, and focus to just win in one of those. Right, yeah. And so to then go, hey, I did all this work, decades. Normally, it's decades of work yeah. in one field and worked my butt off and made it to the top. Let me now turn the same level of mm. attention to something else. I think there's a magical thing in it. Yeah, for sure. And it comes back to the theme once again, which is they are stripping away that identity yeah. Gwyneth, for example, like, I'm only an actress. That's all I can do well. Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to strip that away. Mm. And I'm going to apply similar things to this new thing. But I don't, people might typecast me into this like idea of who you're meant to be, but you can be lots of things. Adi was a professor, mm -hmm. he was a drug dealer. But guess what? He's taking information from both of those things 
yeah. to create this new reality, which is his career, which is ignited. Yeah. But I think, I think also like so much is shifting now, Yeah, especially with social media. It's like, like you do so many things, exactly. but like your, I hate to say this, but like your quote unquote brand yeah. is Sophie Joffe. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, it's so funny. And that encompasses so many other things. Yeah. Like yeah. you like do yoga, but you also I have a have... superfood company. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then... that is under the Sophie Jaffe brand is philosophy, but yeah, you know, yeah. And I feel like even like your kids, I feel like to put someone in a box is kind of like going to be in the past. I feel like even your children are going to grow up and they're going to be like, everyone's going to have like 10 careers, whatever they so. want to do, because so. we're also multidimensional, you yeah. know, like we only have one life as the people that we are like, why would we limit ourselves to just like this idea of I'm going to just like, for example, I'm going to be a professor forever. And like, maybe that doesn't fulfill you in your forties, but it fulfilled you in your thirties. Right. Yeah. You know, even as you're talking about it right now, I think that absolutely used to be the way that it was like my dad was a doctor. Yeah. That's what That's he was. It. He used to be an athlete and then he became a doctor. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that I knew when I was teaching at UCLA were professors. And if you were serious about being a professor, you became a tenure track professor. And that meant your entire focus was dedicated on becoming tenured. And that was the path. And that was kind of the jobs that I was applying to, right? And if you were, I think, I think you're right as I, as I kind of think about it, even outside of visible fields, most people did one thing. And it reminds me so of the conversations we had with some like managers early on in your like social media career, who said you got to do one thing? Yeah, focus like on niche one thing. down is what they always say. But a think lot. about like if you had only stayed a professor and you you followed that of like okay, I got a job and that's just what I do forever. Like you wouldn't have impacted all these people that you guys have impacted through your work. And you being a professor has brought this new lens to what you guys do, and that's incredible. And I really feel like that's the future. So when people like ask me like, Oh, you do numerology and music. I'm like, they're both tools for healing. That's it. It's just like music hits you instantly. You hear a song, you're in a bad mood and you hear a good song. You're instantly like, Ooh, I'm feeling myself. You know what I mean? Feel good. Where numerology takes a little more, you know, like, okay, I got to do my, my numbers or whatever. Like, yeah. and then I know I'm a life path one. So let me lean into that. Mm. Right. But it, they're both healing. And it's the same with like what both of you do. It's like you bring that vibration of healing to everything that you do. So you're just, here's what's, here's what's funny though. Right. Cause mm -hmm. I make music. I mean, yeah. totally a hobby, but, um, when I came out to LA, I thought I was going to be a musician. Yes. Music just hits you. Yeah. But making music, <laughs> it's a very different experience because yeah. it's work and like, it's a joyful work experience, but you're like yeah. crafting. It is like alchemy in a way, right? It's like, mm -hmm. You think about music, like even if I'm just literally mixing loops downstairs, you're looking for this magic mm -hmm. in sound because it's not, there is a structure and most of us follow the structure through most songs. So you kind of know what it's going to look like in terms of the architecture yeah. of it, but there's an art and the art is in, you know, here are all the notes and yeah. here are all the beats and here are all the sounds that you can accompany. What makes a good song a good song is much more, um, crafted and refined and takes that effort and mm -hmm. i think i assume mm -hmm. not reading not being the person being given the numerology result but being the person who goes and studies it like the people go study astrology on a deep deep level right it's it's work mm -hmm. you have to understand 
multiple facets of the way things work. And I love the Sophie, the, you always talk about this is like, there's so many different ways to understand yourself, right? We, yeah. on the psychology front, we're like, psych, you know, we have personality tests and all these assessments. Yeah. And that's one way of getting to know yourself. Historically, people would say that's almost the only way. Yeah. Like the, the traditional kind of yeah, world yeah. would say, well, what's your Myers-Briggs or where are you in the ocean, the five personality, right? That's where we would, mm-hmm. like physicians or psychologists would say. And all these tools are, is just another set. Well, that's what I always tell people. Like I've had to <laughs> have a, these conversations mm-hmm. with a lot of people where I'm like, look, numerology and astrology, it's not a belief system. It's a tool. Yes. And it's like, if I'm going to build a table, I want a hammer, but like, but you, you also want a screwdriver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, these are just ways. Right. And for some people, like for me, like numerology was the medicine I needed, but for other people, it's like exercise or like you said, Myers Briggs and all yeah. of those. The only re- yeah, yeah. The only reason I don't like those, those tests is because every single time I've taken them, I'm different because every day our moods are different. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this doesn't, you know what mm. I mean? How we answer those questions. Yeah. But again, it's just tools for us to like live our best lives and, and to further understand who we are and what makes us tick and yeah. what makes us do certain things and react certain ways. And then we get to shift how we Mm -hmm. show up to our lives. Like I know certain, I am such a better person because of knowing all this information about myself, because I know my astrology, instead of letting that be like the excuse for why I'm an asshole, I allow myself, if I know that I have mercury and Aries, I take three CBDs before I meet with someone and have a confrontational (laughs) conversation because I need to calm myself down. And this is what we're teaching our kids is getting to know themselves better. If we, Leo, if you, my, our middle child, we say to him, you walk into the room at a 12, everyone mm-hmm. else is at a four, bro. You got to <laughs> tone it down, but he doesn't have that awareness. He's yeah. still in his ego. That's what you do until you're about nine years old is it is an egocentric, childlike, w- beautiful, vulnerable, pure life where it's all about you. The world revolves around you. You wake mm-hmm. up in the morning, there's food to eat. You somehow get to school you then learn things from someone else. It's all about you and it just happens. Yeah. Then you start to have a little more independence. But for him, we're teaching him now at nine to know about himself. You're mm-hmm. an extrovert. Some people are an introvert. Yes. Oh my God. You yes. fill up by human connection, by having fun. Not everyone's like that. Mm-hmm. What can we do to let... But so that's so powerful. It's so empowering. No teaching. one taught me that. Yeah. No, same. Like I wish that I had these tools growing up because again, like... Like it just has taught me to like really accept these parts of myself that I used to think like something's wrong with yeah. me. Yeah. Like, why can't I be like everybody else? And then when I look at my own set of like numbers, which like everyone's numbers are like, it's like a thumbprint. Everyone's completely different. I'm like, oh, oh my God. It's like all right there. I'm literally designed this way. And actually like I launched uh, numerology reports. I sent you one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, they're like 30 pages. It's a lot, but it's all your numbers. And so many um, people have bought them from me and then bought them for all their kids or bought them for like their nephews or their nieces. And all of them say the same thing to me. Like, I wish I had this growing up. Like, because everything shows up in the numbers. Everything shows up in the charts. And again, we have free will. So it's not like, you know, you're a Taurus. Sorry, you're always going to be stubborn. You know, it's you can work on not being stubborn. You know, she's talking to you, so. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm a Taurus rising, so I get it. Yeah. Love it. 
What um, I want to dig in into more of this stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you you mentioned these reports, or like how how do people go about this? I know broadly. I remember I actually ran. It's funny. Like this twenty two thing came up when I I was still living in Israel. I know that, so I must have been twelve. Yeah. Or 13, the first time I saw those, my aunt was really A into lot of Israelis are actually into numerology. I have a lot of Israeli friends, and I think because um, the Kabbalah is, I think it's part of Kabbalah. I'm not mm. really sure. Like yeah. the tree of life and all of that. Love it, love it. So walk us through, and I even would love to hear, mm-hmm. what traits in yourself did you end up hearing about, or what are some really cool stories where you did numerology for somebody or you did somebody's um, numerological kind of... Um, chart and it ended up explaining things for them because I'm a firm believer in hey get to know yourself in as many ways as possible oh totally I I'm down for exploring everything I mean for me for example um I'm a life path one so I'm a leader and an innovator and like ones are meant to be like more front and center but for like most of my life I didn't want to be that um like I remember when I was living in New York when I was going to uni um like late teens, early twenties, like I was in a lot of bands and I just wanted to be the guitar player with mystique. I never wanted to sing. I used to like, literally I cried when people would tell me to sing. I was like so petrified of singing, which is funny because I sing now. Um, partially thanks to numerology and accepting myself, but I, um, always wanted to be the guitar player with mystique. I never wanted to be front center. I always wanted to hide. And it's like, I kept finding myself in these positions where people would thrust me to the front and center. They would make me the leader of something, even like being in sessions. Like I wouldn't be the singer, but like I would write songs and just submit them to the producers or whatever. And my songs would always be chosen. And then, you know, I'd play shows and people would come over to me afterwards and be like, oh my God, your guitar playing. They wouldn't talk to the singer. And I'm like, why is it always me that's being thrust into the spotlight even when I don't want it? Like, I want to be in the shadows, right? And I felt like, I don't know, it like my I could see like the impact I had as a one, which you guys are master numbers. So the impact you guys have on people is polarizing. So I'm sure people probably meet you and they like fucking love you or they don't know what to make of you. You know, every number has that. And so when I found out I was a one, I was able to be like, Maybe I should be singing my own songs. Maybe I should be front and center. Maybe I should put myself out there. And it still was like years of like terrifying me not wanting to. But the moment that I started to, it's like the resistance went away. Yep. You know, and it's like same with you guys, your leaders, your master numbers, like you are meant to, Adi is meant to um, like actually build something that is completely unique and hasn't been done before and you are the psychic and Mm. you're like all about like partnership and also like being a spiritual thought leader. And Mm. it's like, yeah, that's what you're here to do. Right. And like, even knowing that I've worked with so many clients who as 11s, um, you know, we're, we grow up in a society that teaches us to value rational thoughts over Mm. intuition. (laughs) So a lot of 11s that come to me walk this fine line between like greatness and Mm self-destruction in a really intense way. I'm sure you had that growing up. And when I sit there and I'm like, you're really psychic, you're really intuitive, do something with this. A lot of times people are like, no, I'm not. No, I've never been. You know what I mean? They doubt themselves. And then like two years later, they come back and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you're so right. I started finally listening to my inner voice. I started finally listening to my intuition. I started like doing these exercises and all these things. And it's so powerful. Like even there are karmic debt numbers in numerology and karmic debt numbers are like, that's a whole, we could talk for hours about that. 
But I was on a call with someone recently and, you know, they had a love karmic debt and they just burst into tears and they're like, oh my God, like my whole life I thought I was doing something wrong, but knowing that I have this and it's not me, it's from a past life and it's mm. something I can work through, you know, yes. through these tools. It's not something I have to define myself or, yeah, or identify or with in a exactly. bad way. It's in a like, oh, it's something to work on. Yeah, it's liberating. Or even like the personal year cycles. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and they're going through a really hard divorce and they're just beside themselves. And I'm like, you're in your marriage, your divorce year. You're right on time. You're right in alignment. Yes. But of course, it doesn't feel like we're in alignment, right? No, but hearing those things have always helped me. Anytime I'm in a bad mm -hmm. place in my life or I'm suffering or I'm just going through like big changes and shifts and I'm scared, I'll do an astrology reading yeah. or I'll call a healer or a shaman and they're just like, oh yeah, honey, like it's right here. Yes. And they'll, they'll tell me exactly the dates and it lines up almost always perfectly. Of course. And yeah. you know, from Saturn returns to whatever it might be. Um, it's just that confirmation and affirm like affirmative information that you're on the right path, that you're, that you're aligned, yeah. that you're on the right path. Like, I don't know if anyone's listening here, sees the numbers. This is very simple, like 11, 11, oh, yeah. 222. Well, that, that's actually your number. So using 11 is completely different than just the average person. Yeah. And same if you were to see like 22 everywhere, that's completely different because mm. these are your life paths, mm. right? Because like I believe that when we're seeing repeating numbers, it's like codes and messages trying to reach us. Um, and the most important thing to know about that is to know your own cosmic code. So that. again, like if you're seeing 11 a lot, it's yeah. the universe being like, yo, remember who you are. Yes. Step into your psychic gifts. Yes. You are powerful. Well, and there's just signs coming all the time from so many different directions and it's up to us to pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. So here's what I want to hear. First of all, I need my report. That's number yeah. one. Yes, yes, yes. I sent Sophie hers. Oh, she didn't send me your full name yet. Yeah. All right. So we'll do that because um, now I'm super interested. I'm even literally thinking I may like process it on a Friday episode or something and kind of see what it tells me and where yes. it aligns. That'd be fun. Um, I can do them for your kids too. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. I mean, especially like you said, like just getting kids familiar with this way of talking about themselves, I think it would be really cool. Where can people get this stuff from mm -hmm. you? Where do they connect? Tell them where to get all the care heart love. Yeah. So, um, I'm really active on Instagram. So that's at care heart and it's K A E R H A R T. Um, and then everything is like basically on my link tree on Instagram, but you can also go to careheart.com and there are reports and personal year cycle planners. And I'm launching my course, my first course next month, hopefully Woo. we're in Mercury retrograde. So the delays have been gnarly. Um, so yeah, I'm again, like if anyone is listening and you do dive into, you know, discovering your life path and there's so much free content on my Instagram. Yeah. You know, you don't have to like buy a report, but if you want to go deeper, you absolutely can. You know, if you see any synchronicities, if you see anything in your numbers, like a lot of people will come to me and they're like, oh my God, I did my numbers. I did everyone else in my life. Well, and it's and so easy to do numbers just so everyone knows, like unlike astrology, which can, which used to be yeah. really hard, I guess now you can just plug it into an app. Yeah, but yeah. you know, with numerology, all you need is your day of birth and the year yeah. that's all you need and then yeah, you add it up path. so it's exactly. it's really easy to find your life path in that way which I find is really like approachable yeah and exactly nice. yeah. and it's like again people start doing their numbers and then they're like oh my god I realize like every single best friend of mine is the same number every single guy I've mm. dated is the same number for me what blew my mind so many things blew my mind when I first found numerology but I always felt like the black sheep of my family my whole family's one number I'm the only number that's not the same life path as oh, them. Wow. And I'm like, 
no wonder I felt like the outsider in this family. Like everyone's vibing on the same level and I'm just over here like That's not. hilarious. You know, so it's really crazy to just like dive in and find those synchronicities. And so I love hearing them. So honestly, like DM me if you find them. It really lights me up. It's like those confirmations that numerology is real. Like I receive messages every day. So I'm like, okay, I'm on to something here. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we want everybody to share them with us too. So tag us if you heard it here, got a report and it, it revealed mm-hmm. some incredible stuff for you. Um, thank you so much. First of all, thank you for listening to The Voice and just moving in the direction you need to move oh, in. Thanks for saying that. And, <laughs> thanks, 22. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for being here uh, and for you know reliving that, that path with people. Because I think even aside from the numerology, people listening to the joy you have in pursuing this path and how mm-hmm. scary it was in the middle mm. can be really freeing for others who are in similar situations. Yeah. Well, I feel like the greatest things in life are the most terrifying, mm-hmm. you know? It's like if you're not scared when you're doing it, like are you really living, you know? And like that's I agree. not No, yeah. I agree. But you just can't let the fear take over. You got to no. lead with love, but yeah. it's like But I feel like that's just the test. It, the, the test is like, oh, I'm showing up to this thing with fear. I'm showing up to this thing with resistance. Yeah. How can I show up differently? And then it's the breakthrough exactly. over and over and over again. And so many like microwaves and macro ways in our lives. I mean, like think about having children. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And it's the most rewarding. Yeah. My relationship with the D is the most rewarding relationship in my entire life. No one knows me yeah. better. No one's been there for longer. No one like supports me in the right but it's the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through and that's how it should be yeah you guys came to fuck shit up yeah I mean when I found out you're both master numbers I like lost it (laughs) I'm like oh my god and I kept read I kept redoing your birthday are you sure yeah this is his birthday yeah because I was like oh her being an 11 makes sense I'm like and your husband's like the rarest yeah and we didn't know that either you know we we know we're both like in human design we're both yeah Um, generators generators and that made sense like we both are generators that energy made sense but the 2211 is really cool especially holding space for couples you change lives changing lives that's what you're here to do yeah so that's like so cool you're elevating consciousness together like to see it's so rare to see master number couples because Mm. master numbers have a harder path Mm. you know so for you two to come together that's why it's been so hard but it's incredible. Like now we I, get to share it with the world. I can't yeah. wait to see what you guys do in the future because I know it's you. just going to keep evolving. Thank you. And, I'm excited too. Yeah, I'm Yay. excited. Thank we you have for so many me. exciting things coming up. We'll talk about it in the intro. But thank you again for being here. We love Thanks you. Thanks for having me.